I am Gaima, and you have arrived. Welcome. Spend some time. This is a very different conversation because um, I mean, but I had questions sent to me that I have to um, answer. answer. Yeah. So I'd like to start <laughs> with any that you have. Um, questions and comments. Um, so first, the comment in thinking about the ice cream. Anytime I hear these kind of very niche, niche or niche? Niche. Niche, okay. Every time, do I have spinach in my teeth? No, not yet. Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. Oh, I are you eating spinach? spinach? What kind? Cream spinach. It was on sale. I just had the most fantastic phone call with a Ghanaian Silicon Valley banker. And um, divine magical perfect beautiful all of the pieces are coming together so perfectly wonderfully well um so questions like what's what's the vibe what's the temperature what are people working on what is the dream the idea the desire like what is the plan what are people scheming to do what is our mass vision for blackness for Africanness, for Black Americanness, for Black womanness. There's some grand vision that we're all like working towards. Um, that's a really good question. I will do my best to speak for everyone, <laughs> which is absolutely dangerous. Um, speak for your perception of the the situation. Okay, so what I know that everyone is doing is trying to become more open and comfortable and unapologetic in their blackness. Mm-hmm. The quiet things being said out loud. Yeah, like just truly living out loud. Um, I think that that comes in so many different flavors. And, you know, we just, we need, sorry guys, I'm, picking my titties but whatever um but I, I think that we have to first accept that there are so many variations of blackness that are in that are in motion as we speak and i think the biggest most consistent priority that black people have around the world 
one, we have to first acknowledge the fact that the only reason why we're even black is because we're not on the continent of Africa. Mm, say that again for the people in the back. It's just, it is what it is because I'm not black when I'm on the continent. Like I'm not, I'm not black there. I'm just- There, there is no description. You are just a person. It's an unnecessary identifier. Right. I'm a person who, you know, may or may not be a particular hue. And I speak a language that may or may not be understood by those around me in that proximity. That's literally it. But I'm not black unless I am off of the continent. And ultimately, that's where the first problem looks like rises because once you have this term called black attached to you everything that is associated with negative racist rhetoric is automatically attached to you as well and you have a whole entire population of people who have have never experienced you know this black perspective and then you have a whole entire nation of people over here that have never experienced that sort of blackness, like that experience. And so you have all these meetings that are really taking place more so here in the United States. And then second, I would say really like, um, I don't even know if it's first or second because the, the Europeans were there first, but as far as the mixing, mixing, mixing pot, truly I feel like we are experiencing that here where there's so many different um, intersections of blackness that exist here and I think for years people have been trying to prioritize whose blackness is more important and it's ridiculous because at the end of the day you cannot say the blackness of someone who you know immigrated by plane for the purposes of student visa is less of black a black experience than someone who you know came from um, let's say South America, you know, because we've got a whole or the population or the, yes, or the Caribbean, like you can't. And so I think so, so often our black experiences, people are trying to prioritize them and it's not fair. Everyone has the right to just be in their blackness, moving accordingly, trying to just make a better life for themselves like whatever that looks like and should not be under attack because simply of a god-given cue so i think we're just at a point in time in 2020 where people are confident some who were never confident before to assert the fact that they are mm -hmm. their version of black and they need to be respected no matter what their origin, how it came to be, so on and so forth, and that they're no longer going to be subtle. They're no longer going to be quiet. They're no longer going to be docile. That we stopped internalizing less than. Yes. That is what I think is the consistency between Blackness right now. But mm -hmm. outside of that, there are so many different flavors that are in motion because you have, um, and you and I, we've talked about this, but you have black people who just want to be 
in the United States, whether because they were born here and they know that they're, you know, they can trace their trees back to this soil. There are black people who absolutely are um, convinced and maybe rightfully so that they absolutely should be on this continent because their ancestors were on this continent and were never slaves. Mm, I didn't know about that last piece. And were never slaves because history doesn't teach that Africans were also sailors and were traveling around the world. You understand? And so there are populations of Africans who traveled around the world just the same way that Columbus and all these others, you know, were doing that. So were black people at that time and reached these lands that are now, you know, North and South America and stayed and built a life here. Right. And maybe left and traveled and came back so on and so forth. But history doesn't teach that. But there's documentation that proves that to be true. So there's right. so many different be true, right? Why would we expect that the only people who were exploring at that time in the world were people? white skin of course that makes sense yeah and so because of that there are people that are black that do not believe that they need to leave and go to another continent they believe that they need to be here rightfully so and continue to build their life here without the chains of racism being attached so i think that's i mean that's an expectation that we should all be able to set of our experience in this country that by choosing to be a part of it by by committing in whatever way we have been asked to commit financially emotionally physically mentally for as long as we have been a part of it that we should all be able to expect the opportunity to grow and build and develop in our free authentic as our free authentic selves without the change of racism. We should be able to expect that. But I think we also need to very clearly acknowledge the difference between our expectations and our desires and our wishes and our hopes and the reality that we live in and the feasibility of achieving the goals that we have for being able to be truly free and authentic while building wealth and free from racism in America. That is putting entirely too much responsibility on white people for our liberation, our freedom, for our joy. Uh, and that's not a path that I understand the emotional investment. And there's, to me, some degree of like economic sunk costs that come into play here because a another yeah. theme that I keep hearing is this, you know, I'm in a lot of groups where we're talking about expatting. I moved out of the U.S. in 2004 for the first time. I've owned property abroad and minimized the time I spend domestically for the last decade plus. I, it's been very clear to me that this is the one of the least undesirable places to be Black in the world for a very long time. And now it's becoming that much clearer to all of the other people here. And I, what I didn't realize was how little of the mechanisms of racism, how intransparent those were or are or were to other people. Mm -hmm. um, because I, you know, this whole time I'm, 
I see the school to prison pipeline. I have been the only black person in my class and experienced all of the racism and then gone to another country and experienced a, a completely different level of interaction and engagement and observe, observe governments where they equally value every, every member of their society and invest in them like with that, with that intention, with the expectation that that investment is going to deliver a return while the U.S. here very clearly does not value a certain underclass of this country and considers any money spent on them to be a cost, not an investment. Money spent by the U.S. government on white people is an investment. Money spent on black people by the U.S. government is a cost, is a net loss to their bottom line. And that's, like, that's foundational American stuff that I thought was really clear up until the conversations around COVID made clear that most people don't see that or don't realize it or are too busy or too distracted or too tired. And all of that is intentional, too poor, too busy, concerned about your roof and your, your food and your health care and your children's education and the safety of your friends and neighbors to have time to step back and think about how the system is intentionally created to keep you poor. I mean, mm -hmm. all of that to say, I understand the emotional investment, but I think there's also, it's necessary to acknowledge the reality and to consider an alternative where a better future is possible, where, where the liberation of black people, where my personal liberation and joy and wealth and comfort and the future that I'm able to create for myself, for my family, for my people is completely determinate by the effort that I put into it, not by the willingness of white people to give it to me. And that's like the difference between the packs that I, I think I envision when, when thinking about keep maintaining a future, like staying in the US and investing in making it better. And I will continue to invest in it, but I'm certainly not going to stay here and cross my fingers and hope that this place whose entire foundation was created on the idea that there are two versions of humans. One of them is inferior and deserves to have less. Like I'm going to cross my fingers. It's like the people who thought Donald Trump wasn't going to Donald Trump when he, when they voted for him. Why would you expect people to, who have always done something a certain way to do it different? Right. That part. That part. So that being said, that's why I say we have so many different intersections because there are, within the Black experience currently, it's like there's undercurrents that are taking place. And so there are, I believe now, and we have to be clear, we live in our own bubble in a sense where, you know, we communicate, we're always online, we're always tapped in, we're in different forums, we're connecting, we're travelers, things Listening. of that nature, yep. right? There's a whole community of individuals that exist that look like us. When you walk up and down the street, you know, they share the same hue. They don't interact and communicate and receive and get and seek information in the same way that we do. And therefore, they don't have the notion of the possibility that there is an alternative way to mm -hmm. live, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the first part. So what will have to happen is whoever they are that are disconnected and not tuned and tapped into that, 
somehow that information will have to be like it'll have to trickle down to them or trickle up and when i say trickle down or trickle up usually it's like around children the the youth the ones who were right yes and so so you have so many different people who are now like just like wow there's there's a different black experience that exists that i could be tapped into how do we i have get to lead by example yes right so so you do have now communities that like yourself people who are travelers people who have lived abroad people who have an interest in traveling abroad like really and so you have that nucleus of individuals who are really just starting to like tap in to the idea of something different and people like us all of a sudden become like attractive to pay attention to because we have um, knowledge and experience that we can impart on like, you look like me, I look like you, we have a similar educational background, you know, I'm, I'm the same age or in the same age frame as you, I also too am a millennial. So you could trust that whenever I tell you something, I'm not gonna sound like someone from like way back when or whatever. perspective and assumptions and Right. So people are now starting to pay attention to the fact that there could be a different path, right? But you've got, you have always um, been able to like travel and work at the same time. You know, that's fairly a new concept to a lot of people. This is the first time in history that the masses have even experienced working every single day but not being in a an office where they're required mm -hmm. to show up and they've been told for years that's not, it's not possible. possible and yeah. now all of a sudden what wasn't Everything possible, possible. Six months ago is absolutely happening and so because that one thing shifted there are so many people who are now starting to realize that they have been fed information that is not necessarily true. And, and they're starting to question. There is a digital maturity that has happened globally, that was forced to happen globally in these last months, where right. all of these, these, the nuance of life and connection and community and going to church, going to the bank, and you know, all of these kind of daily connections that humans make with each other in their old way of living, people were forced to redefine how that happened. All of these extroverts who need to be able to extrovert and connect and engage and, and experience human people, but from inside of their house, were forced to figure out how to do that. And this, like, joins church groups on, uh, on I think, on, like, Facebook or, or WhatsApp groups. But my mom is a mobile expert. My mom gives my aunt instructions on how to use technology. And I, when we started this, I think it was in a conversation with you where I was like, the amount of internal rage that I experience when I have to get into like customer service mode with my mom because I'm a technologist and I have been for a dozen years and my mom re refused to internalize technical knowledge. And it was just 
<laughs> and now she's just like, oh, yeah, I have an idea. Here's how I would design a production line. And this is because everything that was impossible before that was too difficult to that wasn't like worth trying to figure out before we have all of this time we've had the incentive they've had the incentive the catalyst to learn all of these new skills and it has made the world smaller and it's made people realize that their physical location is that much is significantly less important to their ability to maintain community than it was six months ago. So now you don't have to be subject to American trash racism and still maintain your relationships and the con connection with the people that you love. So people, please, let's go. The reason I'm here to get to the point so you can get back to talking is to start the mass migration of black people out of this country and to Africa. That is what we are here to talk about. That's what I wanna hear about. So, so for those of you who have joined, welcome. Um, I am currently in conversation with Michelle Bangura. She is a fellow Sierra Leonean sisterin. Um, we share family, which is how we know each other. And she is a global traveler, um, has lived abroad pretty much most of your adult life and you just tap into the United States to greet us and collect my checks. No, I come here for my cash. It's the only okay, reason yeah. I come to this place. And now I'm okay. trapped here. My passport's in the trash can. I hate this place. I'm, I hate it so much. Uh. <laughs> so Michelle's newest, latest, greatest initiative so great is currently unfolding but it involves the mass exodus mm. of people of high melanation in the in terms you know layman's terms terms black people being able to return visit touch travel land on the soils of the African continent in a comfortable manner and connect, live, do business, flourish, and do so without the, the muscle of racism constantly pressed against our necks. Mm. Mm. So. Yeah, exactly that. For those of you who are seriously interested in that make sure you dm me so i can connect you into that network we are absolutely vigilant about who comes into the network so if you're full of shit you will not be allowed into the network and if you try anything you'll be removed because no one has time for any bullshit zero tolerance policy there is only excellence allowed in this space, excellence and greatness. There is no time for anything else. I have no interest in anything else. I want to build excellence because I want it for myself. I want to live the best version of my life every single day. I know exactly what it looks like, what it tastes like, how to get it. I know that Africa is this beautiful blank palette that is waiting for us, waiting for the children of the people who left there in search of the opportunities for us to do better. And we literally have the opportunity being presented to us on a platter. Your birthright is ready for you. Your home is ready for you. All of the tools, all of the technologies that we need to live our best lives on the continent exist today. 
I know mm. what they are. I know how to connect to people. Today alone, I've connected to uh, two land chiefs and a Ghanaian Silicon Valley banker just in seeing them, seeing their information, recognizing that there was an opportunity to, to connect, reaching out and doing that. I've got a little Facebook messenger pop up from my cousin who is a construction engineer. I'm bringing together the best of every kind of talent. And that's all I'm interested in, in looking for and engaging with the best. I want people who are going to show up as the best versions of themselves to achieve the best outcomes for everybody involved. This is not about hoarding anything. This is about creating excellence for all of us by creating um, exponentially more. We have the richest continent in on the globe. We have every single resource we need to do anything we want to build, anything we want to have, anything we want. There isn't anything that is created on this planet that in some way did not start on the continent of Africa. There's absolutely no reason that we can or should be limited in what it is we're allowed to envision. And we also have this opportunity to leapfrog over the West while they are stuck in their systems that are good enough and have legacy, as we've just witnessed with the last four months of the American healthcare system trying to manage COVID, last four months and the next four months apparently based on what is happening outside. Um, good enough is clearly not good enough. We have an opportunity to define the new, the right, the correct, the most excellent way to do all of the things, to do all of the things excellently. We have learned how, we know how. One of my 2020 goals is know better, do better, because there is constantly this disconnect between the best practice book knowledge that we all have and the day-to-day -day implementation of the best practice that we all like seem to kind of half-ass our way through, right? And so we end up with mediocre outcomes, but it's not because we don't know how to do better, we're just not doing better. And it's because we are not motivated, we're not incentivized to do our best. But when the incentive is selfish motivation, it is improving the outcomes of the people that you love, of your family, of reclaiming your birthright, of building the continent that has created the excellence that is Blackness globally, even though we are not a monolith, we are all Black, and we all share that experience of Blackness, no matter where we are in the world. And it is the one thing that connects all of us and allows us, enables us to invest so completely and fully in this idea, in the concept of the greatness, of the advancement, of the evolution of Blackness. And this is literally our opportunity to do that. Bars. I mean, Bars. just saying, just saying. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Girl. But for real, Girl. I love excellence. I what I spend my time doing is staring at my computer 18 hours a day while YouTube has multi-million dollar luxury property playlist playing in the background. That's how I live my life. I'm doing the work because that is literally my reward. I know exactly what my dream house looks like. I am acquiring acres of beachfront property. I'm building the best for me because i know that the things that i want other people want i want excellence everybody wants excellence if you know what it tastes like looks like feel like if you can make it if you build it they will come that is literally like what i'm waking up thinking in the mornings when i i my brain spends all night dreaming and planning and scheming and i get up and i'm like yep that's the thing i'm gonna build a beautiful mountain resort overlooking a river with rapids yes i've got my i've got that land that has been designated for me. A beachfront eco resort that's completely sustainable off grid, a thinker's retreat where African intellectuals can come and solve the problems of the country in a beautiful space surrounded by beautiful people to practice like equity and equality and, and social and environmental uh, uh, 
innovation and, and just like commitment to the best outcomes for everybody, why wouldn't we do that? What is, why wouldn't, why, why would anyone say no to it? Nobody says no. When I tell them the story, tell them the vision, nobody says no, because you can't. There isn't any space for no. What it is the most correct, the most right thing that we are all obligated to do in our blackness, period. So let me ask you a question. When you have the opportunity to present this blueprint, knowing that your audience will be people who are not awake. That's not my audience. I don't need everybody. I only need the people who are ready to go. This doesn't all have to happen tomorrow. This is absolutely a phase. And this is what I mean in Lead by Example. There are the people who are ready and are correct are those people. I don't have to sell anyone. I don't have to convince. I don't have to twist any arms. If you say yes, then you're meant to be on this team. You're meant to be in this project. And then there are the people who are going to see as we are existing in our excellence, as we are leading by example, as we are succeeding in all of these activities, there are going to be the people who see that and are inspired by that. Every person has their like level of risk assessment and um, and just like willingness to fear is a lack of information. And that's all it is. And so there are some people who have significantly more information and, and have more clarity around the possibility and potential related to this vision. And they're able to say yes today. But there are some people who have less information and less context and need different information um, in a different way, need more time, need whatever it is that they need. But every aspect of this is going to be an opt-in model. You want to be a part of it. You want to give to it. There are terms. You have to show up as your best. That is the term. Do your best. Be the best at the thing that you are great at, at the thing that you love to do. And do that. I was just on this guy who's a banker. We started talking about the Estonia e-residency program because that's like a vision for how we better manage our, uh, our, our population data, census data, everything when it comes to government, quite frankly. We need to digitize. We're all already on mobile phones. Why are we still moving paper from building to building in 2020 in Africa? We get to skip that nonsense and go straight to the uh, cryptocurrency, the blockchain solution for residency, business opening, money management. But this, this was completely unrelated to our conversation. This is just something he, where he was like, I love nerding out on this. And I said, fan fantastic, nerd out on it. Be the guy who knows everything there is to know about this because we absolutely need to have, solve for that problem. There isn't any work that doesn't need to be done. There, we have this blank slate of good enough, of, of taken from us, of, of undervalued, devalued. There is, there's so much that needs to be fixed. There is so much space to create net new best versions of everything. So it is going to be the people who want to do that, who are committed to do that, who, in, who recognize that as their purpose, who are going to do it. Great answer. Um, because a lot of people, I think, you know, just like your initial question of what are people thinking, we just have to continue to acknowledge the fact that there are so many different groups and not mm -hmm. everybody has that as a priority. And it's okay. It's not for it you. Is. It may not and be for you. It may be for your grandchildren. 
And there needs to be a conversation, right? Because the first version, it's not my intention to like, to build in a vacuum. I, I'm building for me, yes, absolutely. But I have every intention of, of soliciting constant feedback. I'm not building just for me. My needs will be met, but I need to understand the needs of the people that I am building with and building for in that community. And that's going to be a constant process, this iterative, what is it that you need? What does, what does the best community even look like for you? Who am I to dictate what your best is? You need to tell me what that is. And then it is the responsibility of all of the excellence that commits to building that community to figure out how to integrate that need into the overall needs of the larger group. Because I, I don't, I have every confidence that that is always a possible outcome. That's what I have to do in my job. I have to take the, the financial requirements and the technical requirements of my customers and the resource availability and the financial needs of my company and bring them all together in a model that is advantageous to everyone. It is absolutely worth my customer spending this amount of money to receive this benefit. And it is in our interest to sell these services to these people. Everyone is happy, everyone wins, as long as we're all very clear and intentional and transparent about what winning looks like, what we need to do to win. And we understand why we're saying that's what a win looks like. That's what success looks like. Did we dictate that as success because we were told or did we dictate that because it feels good and we got there and we went there and we went, I like this and I want to do this again. I want more of this. And just being really intentional about what we're building, why we're building, who we're building for. But it's always going to be an opt-in model. So what I'm thinking, um, I would say before the end of this month, I think it would be a good idea for there to be some sort of very basic um, site established where you can start to really collect um, data mm. emails of people who generally are just interested, want to know more. Um, there needs to be some sort of criteria um, in order to continue to get the information as mm -hmm. everything starts to become built and and um, the infrastructure is, is put together so that people can kind of identify where they fit into that, where they could fit into that so it makes sense and um, they can contribute. I believe that not only are there going to need to be those on the ground and those that have the... Um, the schedules and the resources to be able to go back and forth, but there also needs to be a community that may not yet be ready to go back and forth, but can still contribute in their exactly. own way. Right. So Invest that when your time, they, your skill, your money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that way there's, there's not this kind of you're left behind. If you will, it's more so, you're not a part of phase one. You may not even be a part of phase two, but you're for part of phase three, or this is your role in everything. So that when it is time for you to come, you don't feel like you have to force your way through. There's a space for you because you've been a, you've been a component of the building aspect from the, from the beginning. And I would even add that there are every aspect of this, every, every level of engagement is going to be really custom to the person who's engaging. It be part of this digital maturity that we have developed over the last month is 
or one of the benefits is our ability to engage and contribute and, and keep community from anywhere in the world. And if your contributions are all remote, but you are 100% in and a part of the planning and the building and the funding and the organizing and the hiring, you are, you are in, right? The engagement doesn't, or physical presence isn't a prerequisite to engagement and as much as possible, because again, like technology is my space and it's bringing all of the information and the people uh, together to solve for specific processes. So if we have that, that online community and I have part of the like black max, black max, black, ooh, black mass exodus plan includes a design for this kind of collaboration platform. Um, again, and like that's where blockchain comes into play and several other things. Is that my audio or your audio? Probably yours. I think it's mine. My phone's really hot. I'm sitting. In um, okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, wrap it up. I'm gonna cut you off because I don't want your phone to explode on us. Um, but you know we already are um, scheduled to meet next week. Mm -hmm. um, and like once we once we kind of wrap things up. Um, on next week's call, I think that will give me some clarity on how I start to communicate to those here mm -hmm. and those within, you know, um, my network that have an interest in a place. Yeah, we need so. to build a contact directory. That's something that is on my list. And I've, I, I've started one personally. I guess I'll just share the one that I have created. I'll share it with a couple of you because that, that need is in a few places. No, and then That's we can have you know, the gateway and, and be adding, you know, yeah. and going from there. So, okay. yeah. We're Thank doing this. Thank you so much for the question. Thank you for having me. I haven't ever done a live, so I, I like this. This was a really comfortable way to talk and to connect, and I like we should do these more often. Like, this could be a way that we provide updates on the project in the future. I do this every Thursday, friend. Welcome. <laughs> Okay. I've seen you. I've seen you like in your backyard before. I've been, I've seen oh, them. Yeah. I've just never like looked into a camera and spoken in one. Oh, well, welcome. Welcome. Yeah, no, this, oh, is, thank this, you. Is, this is one of the gems I would say of social media. I do enjoy it. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do, even if it's like monthly and we just kind of touch base in this capacity of share info. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, my dear. Um, okay. Thank you so Call much. Yes, I will. And I'll see, talk to you um, on Monday. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for spending time with us at I Am Gaima, a podcast. It's a shit show out here, y'all. We need each other more than ever. So let's stay connected. Feel free to share, like, and subscribe on various social media platforms. You can find us at I am Gaima or Gaima Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. For a deeper connection, consider joining the community. Visit GaimaShow.com to submit your email and become a part of the monthly conversations. I actually... Try and send out notes consistently. 
and I respond. Until next time, be intentional about what you listen to and protect your peace.